UX Podcast Episode 150. Hello and welcome to UX Podcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm James Royal Lawson. And I'm Pad Axboom. And we're balancing business, technology and people every other Friday from Stockholm, Sweden. With listeners in 163 countries around the world. Group hug, people. That's pretty impressive. 163. Wow. And uh, today we're going stealth mode. We're actually talking to Harry Brignall. And for those of you who don't know, Harry Brignall is an independent user experience consultant, much like James and myself. He writes his blog at 90% of everything.com and he's credited with coining the term dark patterns to describe deceptive user interfaces. He curates darkpatterns.org, which is a site dedicated to sharing and outing dark patterns in use around the web. We were fortunate enough to um, sit down in person with Harry. Yes, Harry came um, to Stockholm. Yeah, he's currently working here in Stockholm. So we um, we thought, well, God, we're going to have to um, find a few minutes to, to interview him in person. Mm. That was an excellent evening. Talking uh, to you him. Meet, oh, yeah, because we, we actually had dinner with him afterwards yes, as well. Yes, so. it was. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, you, but you don't want to listen to five hours of us talking. So we've, we've managed to keep an interview down to about 20 minutes or so for you. So, Harry, tell us then, what, what is a dark partner? Well, a dark pattern is basically a user interface that tricks you into doing something. And I think the most common example of a dark pattern is on, you, you would see on airline sites when you're checking out and you're trying to buy your ticket and you end up buying insurance by mistake. Um, just historically, for some reason, low-cost airlines are really into that particular trick. Um, you often get it in um, when you're buying domain names as well. Domain name uh, companies, uh, registrars, often, mm. often try and get you to buy loads of upsells. And in doing that, they'll sneak something into a basket, get you to buy two years instead of one or some other kind of add-on that you don't necessarily want or need. And by the time you've bought it and you realised you have, it's a bit too late or it's, the price wasn't high enough for you to really care about going back and complaining. That's, I, I'd say that's one of the most kind of classic kind of canonical dark patterns out there. So, so basically it's when we're, we're getting tripped up. We're, we're, we're getting kind of like... Yeah, tripped up, but the person who designed it has done it very explicitly on purpose to try and push some metric or other. So in the case of uh, selling insurance on top of the, train, uh, the plane ticket, um, that might be the highest margin of profit right there as in the insurance rather than the plane ticket itself. Mm. Um, yeah. So, when, so is, is there a, I guess there's a, a bit of a difference <coughs> then between basically when someone just screws up the design and when it's a dark pattern, because sometimes you can, I guess you can screw up. Yeah, the yeah it sounds like it has right. to be intentional is a dark pattern. Yeah, although I imagine sometimes they might have happened by mistake, but as soon as they start delivering lots of money to the company, it would be quite hard to decide to then to, to get rid of that mistake. And as soon as, I suppose as soon as you're complicit in it, then it is definitely a, a known, known dark pattern. Mm. Yeah, because selling that insurance, it's like when you start an airline company and you build a website, it's like you're benchmarking, you're looking, so how does everyone else do it? And you do the same. Right, yeah, exactly. I mean, the easiest way to do design is to go and kind of copy your competitors. Mm -hmm. And if everyone else in your industry is using a certain kind of mm -hmm. trick, the chances are you'll, you'll end up doing the same thing. Particularly yeah. if you're starting out, you're not, you don't have much design resource. Actually, I'd say that in, in, in some industries, it's, it's, it's actually difficult not to do like competitors. Because you, you end up in that situation where, you know, they'll, they'll say, well, 
company A, B, C and D do it like that and, and we're company E. So, you know, do it like that. And you have kind of like, you've got to fight through a whole layer of management or, or yeah. kind of internal opinions. Exactly, yeah. How, how would you convince your bosses not to do it like that if everyone else in your industry is doing it, mm. all the big players are, mm. they're successful, how can you get like that? Mm. It sort of stands to reason that y your, uh, your bosses sort of want to try it at least. So what, what, what got you into dark patterns? Uh, if you can get into dark patterns, because I mean, you know, yeah. it's... it's <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I just started noticing these things, these little tricks, and I'd sort of meet up with my sort of other UX friends in the pub and stuff, and we'd always talk about them, but never really had a word to describe them by. Mm. Um, and uh, I think it was at UX Brighton 2010, I was invited to do a talk, and I was like, well, I don't have anything to give a presentation on. And they would say, why don't you do a talk about that thing you thing that Ryanair do, you know, that little <laughs> trick they do. So Ryanair's particularly bad, their dark mm. pattern, which is where they've actually taken it out since then, and they're actually reasonably uh, reasonably good these yeah, days. Because they've, they've rebranded to be yeah. nice, haven't they? Yeah, so what they had, like, a list of all the countries of residence that you could live in, and yeah. one of them was called Don't Insure Me, and you'd have to pick that in order to get through to the next page and not buy insurance, mm. which is quite wow. funny, really. Um, but yeah, um, Ryanair have, like, basically turned it all around. I think people complain about them so much uh, about that particular trick that they ended up hiring a new design team, um, taking out all the dark patterns. And in fact, I think profits have gone up since then, mm. which is kind of quite a nice story that I, I like to, I'd like to think I'm somehow involved in that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing right now, though, because they, they basically used, exploited dark patterns for the land grab. Yeah. To, to, to basically establish themselves in a market. Um, and then when they realised, because you can't long-term continue following that kind of evilness. Because you're gonna, fall, you're gonna, you're well, your brand's gonna implode. That scares me because that sounds like a strategy yes. in itself that you actually start out dark and then go, along. and then you go yeah. over to the good side to, yeah. to like sort of show people, yeah, we're, we're doing and that's good now. exactly and so, what they've done. Yeah. So, so but, but I'd like to think they'd kind of they've they've woken up and mm. seen the light. Mm. Um, but, but in Ryanair's yeah. case, I'm not convinced. Early days growth yeah. hacking, later days yeah. change change mm. the tone slightly for a kind of a cleaner brand. Sustainable, yeah, yeah, sustainable because growth. Because you, if you start out good, then you have a longer journey to convince people that you are really good. But if you mm. start out bad, then it's quite easy to show. Oh, now we've gone good. Right, yeah, it's a better story <laughs> to tell, isn't it? Is. It's, the, it's the flip, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> yeah, so um, yeah, airlines are the are the, are the thing. It's um, and th that's one where we buying. I suppose buying e-commerce is where the, the the most of the dark patterns feels like most of the dark patterns. Right. Yeah. Exist. Particularly like selling generic things like white label, uh, like white goods and stuff like that. It's very where, where you're selling the same sort of stuff as everyone else, and it's all kind of a, a, a race to try and beat each other on really small margins. And you end up getting sold. Is it like um, you know Sports Direct and their mug? You've probably been in offices. Uh, I I Sports Direct are a UK yeah. UK retail uh, re yeah. leisure wear company, I guess. Right. Yeah. So in, if you go into any office in the UK, um, you'll see one of their ginormous mugs on the shelf there because um, for for a good <laughs> few years they would basically um, trick you into buying one of them for an extra pound. They'd put it into your check out and then it would arrive and it's like <sighs> it's a quid it's a mug is it worth really complaining about mm. not really or i guess some people just have assumed it was free mm. um but um there was actually a, a change in the law a couple of years ago two three years ago where that's now illegal so they 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 just have a really aggressive upsell instead like get this okay. extra mug for only a pound plus a bit of oh no it's, it's for free but mm. it's an extra delivery charge i think mm. that's how they do it so they are still charging you it's just kind of smoke and mirrors mm. moving the charge around 
and they don't sneak it in your basket. You mm. just a really big opt-in button and a really small opt-out mm. button. Mm. I mean, that's a common form of persuasion, right? Changing button sizes, moving things mm. around the page. Right. Uh, the question is, where does that? Where does it become a dark pattern? Like, well, is what they're mm. doing now a dark pattern? I certainly don't like it. But. Exactly. Like, if a hotel website like Hotels.com is is telling you all the time that uh, two people are looking at this uh, hotel room right now, there are only three left, uh, so they're influencing you, obviously. Mm. But is it necessarily a dark pattern? Uh, you're using psychological persuasion techniques, scarcity in that in, yeah. in that example. But cognitive biases. It's all like yeah. your, was it a previous episode? You're talking about that. It's mm. like literally going through the list of cognitive biases, mm. going, how can we design this mm. cognitive bias into mm. our UI? Mm. Uh, and that's what I think. Booking.com's probably got all of them on there. I think. Probably yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but is it? I mean, if they're if it's genuinely true that there are two people looking at that website. Does that make it less of a dark pattern than if they're making it up? Mm. I guess or is honesty, it only? Yeah, yeah, honesty, honesty must is be. important, I think. But you can't, how mm. can, but uh, when we're, we're just users of a website, mm. how can we judge the honesty of that information? And that's oh, exactly. That's really hard. So, so we have to assume it's honest, mm -hmm. sort of. But also, there's uh, how you frame the information. Do you throw it out there in your face, in red letters? and say there's only three rooms left like screaming in your face mm. or do you have a button where you can check and so that i actually am the one who's initiating the action saying i want to find out how many people or how many rooms there are left mm. so that would be me initiating so it, that would be autonomous i'm in control of what's happening and in the other uh, scenario they're telling me and they're putting all this information i mean people make poor decisions we know this also when you have more information uh, so the more information you have, the poor decision you're going to make. So I think that's what they're essentially doing. They're attacking you with all this information and, in that sense, also influencing you or helping <laughs> helping you or making your brain work less efficiently. So, so, when does, so when does usability end and, and you know, hardcore persuasion or kind of over-persuasion mm -hmm. and, and um, taking advantage of, of, mm -hmm. of our cognitive biases begin? It's a tough call, and it's—I mean—it's a gray zone. I mean, uh, I was going to ask you here. I mean, is there, are there light patterns and dark patterns, or how 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 far is how long is that gray zone? How big is it? I, I think there must be. There, I mean, there are light patterns. I've never collected any, so I yeah. don't find it as fun or as interesting to, to point my finger at people and go, "Oh, yeah. you're doing a great job." I'd rather do it the other way around. It's more fun. But yeah, I mean. <laughs> Are there light patterns or are there any kind of shades of grey, I guess? What is, is, is persuasion at all okay? Mm. I think persuasion, I mean, it, it's normal. I mean, if you, any conversation any human has with, with another human, right, it's going gonna, it's gonna to involve a degree of persuasion, trying to get them around to your point of view or mm. choosing where to go for lunch or whatever. So it's since, not the like, of, uh, yeah. since the days of bartering, I mean, uh, when we started trading, um, you know, however, however many millennia ago, um, persuasion has been part of yeah, a of misdirection, that. a bit of manipulation, a bit, a bit of trust kind of, thrown in yeah. as well. Yeah, exactly. There's lots of old-fashioned sayings like "pig and a poke" and like yeah. all these old sayings that you have that are basically around that kind of trading and and tricking people into stuff mm. or like just nudging them a, a bit. But do we? Uh, but we've kind of, I suppose, we've we've through the the web and and the size of the internet and scale of it, then we've. We've basically surfaced more snake oil. Yeah, we've we? industrialized the process of uh, persuading people at scale, whereas before it wasn't quite so easy to, to sort of design something and, and, and get that to influence thousands of people per minute or whatever. Exactly. One of Facebook's excuses is for not being able to actually 
sort out content fast enough is that they have so many members. They have billions of members. And so, I mean, is that ethical to have so many members that you can't actually take care of the community? I mean, that's a decision you've made. Can you use can you use your success as an excuse mm. um, now for not acting in an ethical yeah. way? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that kind of community management stuff and the fake news stuff it's all kind of on it's, it's kind of a current discussion. And I think it, with enough thought and work, you can design features to help that to happen mm. to help community management uh, become an easier thing, right? I mean, it's just it just hasn't been at the forefront of their attention of any of these big social media companies, and up until very recently. So I was reading this article recently that said 2016 was the year that Dark Patterns won. Yeah, it was, yeah. I had mixed feelings about that article because it's like, cool, yeah. Dark Patterns is an article, but that's yeah. super depressing. So <laughs> <laughs> It is kind of depressing, but how yeah. much truth is, is there in that? And it wasn't the essence of the article with things like Brexit and Donald Trump. Yeah, it was a lot of so politics. There was a lot absolutely. of that kind of thing was mm. saying that the, the techniques that mm. some of these situations mm. exploited mm. Could be, mm. uh, um, you could make the analogy to, to, to dark patterns. But also the with web. the fake yeah. news that you mentioned right now, is mm. like, yeah, that's part of dark patterns, not allowing people to realize what is true and what is not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, when I came up with the idea of dark patterns, I was thinking, when I came up with the term, I was thinking specifically about little bits of, you know, user interface design like, patterns. Like micro interactions. Sort right, of. yeah, that's, mm. that's what I was thinking about. And now when other people talk about it in a sort of, like in that article mm. from like a really political kind of mm. focus, it kind of doesn't feel like exactly what I, what I intended it to be. I'm perfectly happy with the term being appropriate, though, if it's useful cool you mm. know mm. It's, it's great seeing a term that you've thought of suddenly being used across the industry it's, <laughs> isn't it? but every time i need an ego boost i yeah. can just look at twitter and seeing people talking about it going oh i yeah. invented that word you can look at donald trump and think oh god <laughs> but but do, but do you as a person also feel boxed in like you're the dark patterns guy i mean yeah i do feel a bit typecast like yeah. I'm, I'm like always used to playing the baddie in the films and i want to i want to i want to have other roles where <laughs> if i was an actor but um, um, yeah, I, I mean, being the dark patterns guy isn't hugely useful for my actual professional work because no professional work because no one really wants to hire someone to uh, either make them feel bad about dark patterns or to design them. You don't go out to hire that person. But it's been great um, just at, at meeting people in the industry and going to conferences and stuff like that and having a thing that uh, having a thing to talk to people about is great in the industry and having something slightly unique with a different angle has been it's been it's been really nice it's like having an artifact that's the conversation starter yeah yeah well i, I think there's um I mean, the whole the whole thing about dark patterns is i mean it's a it's a community role it, it it's something it's a responsibility um for us to to talk about this mm. um or it's important for us to talk about this and to and to highlight what's going on and explain it because we're just people as well, and we're, we're subject to all these biases mm. we've talked about in previous shows. And and the, the work we do is full of biases. And mm. it's, I think it's very easy for us to, to, to fall into dark patterns without even maybe realizing it. Yeah, yeah, I have to admit that there have been projects that I've done over the years that I wouldn't say is like a hugely terrible mm. one, but mm. ones where I know the decision was the wrong one mm. and I've allowed it to happen. Mm. You know, uh, for one reason or another, when you're in an agency or whatever role you are, you're being paid to do a thing. You've got mm. someone you report to. You want mm. to keep them happy, and ultimately, even if you did throw your toys out your pram, you can't, you can't, you can't make a thing mm. happen. It's not mm. like you're the one standing there on the server with a sp mm. pressing the magic button and um, have the authority to to keep it like that. Mm. So um, yeah. So I think sometimes, especially when you're doing interaction design. Um, you know that part of, mm. of of the UX role that you can get 
you can get really, I suppose, excitedly involved in what in, in the goal of the thing you're doing. You know, if, if, if the goal is to make people sign up on a page yeah. or, yeah. Or, or take a certain next action, mm. then I think if you do, if you see that's working, mm. then the buzz you get, I suppose the the the, yeah, the, the, the kick on a you get from it. puzzle or, or doing yeah. Sudoku or whatever. That one, mm. you just want to solve that specific mm. puzzle uh, problem that you've identified, and it's quite easy to get too fixated on that one thing instead of taking a step mm. back. I mean, that's the great thing about usability testing, mm. qualitative research, is that when you see people swearing about something <laughs> you've designed, you, you it does change your mind a bit, you know. Mm. And I, I find a lot of user research mm. involves basically just take. Most usability testing for me is sitting there watching people and taking a note and then writing down the time that they uh, they swore. Basically, that's pretty mm. much usability testing 101. Mm. It could be because of a design mistake. It could be because of a design uh, a dark pattern or mm. whatever. But you want to get all the swearing out of your design, and then you're kind of at a baseline level of okay. <laughs> yeah. what, what are the kind of tools that we need um, as UXers or designers or what you want to call us? What 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 do we need in order to, to recognize or counter dark patterns yeah i mean i i think a lot of organizations very quant focused um i just said uh, i think just countering it with qualitative insights or just listening to listening to other channels that the users are communicating you with whether it's through twitter or customer services or whatever mm. you're going to get you can get other insights coming in rather than just looking at your dashboards and going isn't that amazing and pretty can we make that dial move mm. i think that's where i think that's where the short-sightedness happens right but also i i mean as your example with Ryanair, in the short term, dark patterns tend to work. It's worse in the long term. But how do we get people to realize that it's the long term that matters and not the short term? Because when you're looking at the bottom line, six months with the dark pattern, you're realizing, oh my God, this really works. So let's keep doing it. Yeah, so I mean, how do you get businesses generally yes. to think about the future more? I mean, that's a really tough question, yeah, I know. though, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, humans tend to be quite short-sighted. I think yes. a lot of, like a lot of engineering projects on the planet tend to only last the span of a human life, right? Anything that requires like mm. hundreds of years tend not those projects tend not to get paid for and built. Mm. And I think the same thing. It's kind of the same thing with businesses, but at a smaller scale. It's like you've got your kind of the next few months mm. fairly well articulated next few years not quite so sure anything beyond that who knows it's all just some vague slide deck owned, owned by people <laughs> at the sea level right mm. but i think what you're doing then is really making people in the industry aware of what a dark pattern is then people should feel worse about implementing what is a dark pattern what we have agreed on is a dark pattern so it means it's sort of a call to arms for uxers and designers in general to actually stop doing this we've talked about black hat uh, seo mm. for for, mm. for a long time this is black hat UX, and we 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 are the people who can change it. We're the ones who can actually stop doing the the, the poor design mm. or the evil design. Yeah, I mean, I'm really interested in getting consumers to complain more public. I mean, Twitter yeah. and like Facebook's great, just mm. channel those are great channels to complain directly to the brand. So I, that's one of the things that I'd like to try and work on. I'm redoing the site at the moment. It's just making it very Twitter focused, mainly because people are using Twitter a lot already to complain yeah, about. To Twitter. It, yeah. kind of want to kind of pave the cow path there and mm. try and get them to complain more because the mm. brands are listening there. They're not necessarily going to my site, which is in a sort of dusty corner of the internet. Mm. I, want, I, I want the consumers themselves, not just mm. the designers, just going, you shouldn't be doing this. Mm. And, and, if, and if enough people are there complaining publicly, it, it's going to have some sort of an impact. Mm. I think regulation also, I, I'm starting to think that law, uh, I had a much softer attitude to it um, when I first started. I was thinking we can kind of self-regulate as an industry, we can have a code of practice, but I think regulation really helps. I mean, so. The sneak into basket dark patterns illegal in the UK now. Yeah. So that's same as opt into newsletters. Right. I think that's that's on a European level now. You can't you can't 
um, opt people into newsletters or, or whatever, um, got, they've got to click themselves. They've got to explicitly click yeah. to opt in, right? Like yeah. Tate Gallery did mm. to me. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, because no one's updated their sites to, yeah. to, um, yeah. uh, to comply. Yeah. That's because the regulatory powers aren't there to actually do much about yeah, exactly. them. Exactly. It's like the cookie it. law. Yeah. I mean, the cookie law is an example of how regulation can be really annoying and horrible exactly. and doesn't help anything, right? So <laughs> that's, that was the kind of counterpoint, really, isn't it? But I mean, yeah, so the, the what was it, Consumer Rights Directive and how it's been enacted in yeah. the UK, it's been positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we should have some more of that. The, the, the real problem is that dark patterns are so sort of nebulous, as you can say, let's not sneak into basket anymore. Let's just do something really similar that skirts around that. And it's then it becomes sort of whack-a-mole where you're just trying, the designers will start trying to, it's like trying to get around um, whenever Google does a new release mm-hmm. and you're trying to think of new black hat techniques, it's, it'll be the same thing, but with regulation, right? Yeah. I'm but guessing. Also, isn't this like, it's really uh, a testament to how uh, we as UXers are failing to create empathy for the end user, because that's sort of our job to help organizations have empathy for the end user. Okay. If they do, if they do have empathy for them, then they don't really want to trick them. But but is it is it are we failing, or is this actually just part of the journey? Because what I was thinking about now was was how we okay we're we're talking about web patterns and 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 patterns on on um, particular websites or, or flows, and then talking about how consumers are, or individuals are complaining on channels like Twitter mm. about their frustrations. Mm. Now we're suddenly opening it up to the whole company. We're we're into complaining about services. Yeah. Um, example, what we've got there is 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 ending contracts oh right yeah yeah yeah. you know that you you um you, you try to end a contract and you know strangely you can't do that online mm. you've got to ring up or you've got to ring up between like you know yeah. eight and nine in the morning yeah. on a wednesday the third wednesday in a month i wonder yeah. why that is you see uh, because <laughs> yeah. yeah and that in itself is a is a dark pattern but on a on a higher level exactly. so 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 maybe maybe we're just part of that journey to yeah. to 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 bring this more into the, the limelight into the spotlight yeah that's true but yeah, yeah, so it, it, it's it's really bigger than UX, of course, and it's really bigger than the design department. It's about culture in the organization as well. Yeah, exactly. As much as I'd like to say UX is everything, it's yeah. not. It's, <laughs> it's just one of the departments, right? Yeah. And there are other more, there's a hierarchy mm-hmm. usually in big organizations. And it's not, in many organizations, they see it as a sort of imp- implementation detail. We come up with a strategy mm-hmm. and then we implement it and then we polish it and the polish is the UX. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's not really the way uh, designers want to, that their, their, their trade to be thought about. They see d- design as being everything, right? All the way up to really big strategic decisions that des- those decisions are designed in a way. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think in a way, uh, stamping out dark patterns is, is kind of the same theme as trying to have a seat in the boardroom, right? You need to be able to get there in order to influence the strategy and to influence the, the sort of style of the brand and the personality of the brand. If you're not up there in that kind of important boardroom meeting or whatever, then you're, not, you're, you're just going to be moaning about it uh, you know, at the coffee machine. Mm. But the amount of companies that are, you know, now um, calling themselves digital first, um, or are even digital startups, I suppose, um, you know, there 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 is there is a an element of power that designers do have now. I mean, we we talked about this with Alan Cooper in that interview that we we've got this ability to maybe influence um, or make change happen. Even though we we maybe traditionally wouldn't would be a part of the process, mm. but we're, we're so front line now. We're we're so much the focus. So much is moving digital as well. Yeah, yeah. you know the the digital part of it is such an important aspect mm. of a lot of companies that it does. 
I suppose we, it's not delusions of grandeur, but it's it's it's, um, yeah. it's the evidence-driven decision making yeah. that we can bring to the table, right? It's not just going, I think this is better design. It's like saying, I have I've gone off and done some work, and I've got evidence on what approach would work best for us, mm. and that makes anyone and any sort of business owner pay attention, right? Yes. And I think that's mm. one of the ways that design as an industry has transformed over the last sort of 20 years is that's the way we think now whereas it used to be uh, I'm a designer I, I operate Photoshop and it's, it's changed a great <laughs> deal yeah. yeah definitely but I like the I like the suggestion that mm. you know the the, the um, qualitative side of things can help um, uh, communicate the the issues with with um, the persuasion yeah. and trickery we do. Like you're All showing usability testing. I think for me, UX. You're only a UXer if you're doing usability testing, or at least if you're involved in a team that does it. And mm -hmm. that that for me, that's that's what user centered design is. I don't think you really get to have that title, UCD or UX, mm -hmm. unless you're involved in that stuff. And I, any designer who comes to me and asks asks me questions about, you know, how do I how do I get into UX? It's by by being involved in user research as well mm. as whatever your current specialism. If you're a front end front end developer, mm. if you're a, a like a visual designer or whatever, that's how you become a UX person is by having that side of things involved mm. in your skill set. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's coincidentally yeah, it helps you. It helps get rid of dark patterns because you get to see real customers swearing about your brand. Uh, over and over again in a really exhausting exactly. setting. Yeah. <laughs> Hence our responsibility to be at the front lines with the yeah. users and actually bring that yeah. in, those insights back to the company. Yeah. Yeah. Jared Spool mm. calls this um, exposure hours, mm -hmm. isn't he? Yeah. Uh, yes. you've, got to, you've got to have so many exposure hours a month or whatever, a mm. week in your team. Um, and that's a kind of across the roles. Mm. And to uh, really get the, get the team actually there and uh, watching it, not just watching the highlights because they mm. can fast forward through it. It somehow doesn't hammer it home. It is... It is really painful watching two days of user research on a single user journey and to see the same thing over and over and mm. over again mm. you, you after that afterwards you leave with a, a deep sort of soulful feeling that you you have to go and change this thing and mm. uh, you don't get that if you've skimmed a bit of videos and looked at some analytics mm. it's, it's just not the same no 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 sitting sitting with people and, yeah. and seeing them really do stuff is mm. um it's incredibly powerful yeah just having this debate and ha having a conversation, getting it top of mind for people, I mean, that, that will make a difference as well in the end, I think. Uh, I truly believe that. So yeah. I think what you're doing with dog patterns is really good and, and really useful for the whole industry. So Yeah, I think it's an important, important issue and important conversation yeah. to have. Cool. And so nice to have you here in Stockholm as well. So nice yeah. to conduct it in person. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice coincidence mm -hmm. that I happen to be working here. Yeah. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me. Yeah, thanks very much for having me. I don't think we ever really answered the question, are there any light patterns? Like, are, do, we, do people like, actually strive to achieve a light pattern? Is that something you think about when you design? Because most of the time you're actually trying to achieve uh, a reaction from a user that is something that creates money or value for the company or the organization. But we don't really think about it as in terms of gray or dark or, or light when we design, I think. It just happens, perhaps. No, you're right. I don't think we have the same. I mean, we, we've talked about that briefly with Harry. Or he mentioned that he doesn't collect yeah. light patterns. Um, um, but you're right. The... the uh, they aren't. They aren't really the same folks. We were just into kind of good UX, if, uh, that side of the scale, aren't yeah. we? Or good usability. Um, because we say we have so much empathy for the users, so we try and try mm. and try again to actually do things that are good for the users. But 
are we really doing that to the extent that we sort of preach about at conferences? Sometimes I believe that not so much, actually. And instead, we we think about the action and the reaction, but we don't, no one always think about the outcome. Is the user satisfied in the long term with, with what they've done, performed on perhaps the website we've built? I mean, we think the, the whole opposite. I mean, dark patterns is connected to persuasion and deception mm. and the, the kind of the, the more negative um, terminology um, to do with getting mm. people to take a next step. Whereas the, the, the good side of stuff, the light patterns, is, is connected with um, oh, highlighting that something's possible or you know, making sure people have understood what they can do. Mm. So you are closer to the, the pure usability because you're not tricking. You're not trying to sell something they don't want or complete a goal they don't want to complete or a task. Um, so, so there's a whole different feeling attached to, to when you, you work with with good UX or delight <laughs> or satisfied people. That's true. But, that's, uh, but I think that's, uh, isn't that an important point? You've got this, um, you know, we want to, when, when, when is a dark pattern a dark pat dark pattern because um, there are some situations where it might feel good mm. to get people to do something um, but I, I was thinking over this um, last few days about it's it's to do with the gap between what you uh, what the customer or the person using it the perception they have of what they're mm -hmm. doing compared to the the ultimate outcome yeah so so when there is a when there is a gap between perception and, and reality that gap between there is the dark pattern right because then there's not a win-win situation if someone is dissatisfied in that relationship uh, yeah. ultimately yeah you're going to have that i mean we've we've all seen it where you we have that kind of oh moment when you know when you realize you've 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 bought too mm. many things or you've 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 subscribed to something or you know you've 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 been tripped up and you have that feeling of disappointment in in yourself mm. That you've fallen for a trick or a disappointment mm. in the organisation that they've tricked you, and that that ultimately costs the org that should ultimately cost the organisation um, money or loyalty or um, goodwill. Yeah. Um, but but mm. sometimes that I suppose the severity of that is depending on how big a gap it is between the the perception of what you're doing and the reality of what you've done. Right, that's so true. But also, I I realise that people are they feel tricked a lot, quite a lot. I mean. As soon as you actually try and explain what you yourself do as a living and you get into sort of usability and then people, oh, and, and understand, oh, shit, you should do something about this. You should do something about that. People even ping us on Twitter on UX Podcast and say, oh, look at this. Mm. This is really weird. People should fix this. And so people are really aware that there's stuff going on that is not helpful. Uh, but And when we talk about dark patterns, we say that it's a conscious decision of not being helpful, but rather trickery. Uh, but I think there's so much more than that going on as well. And I think that in this day and age, uh, the dark patterns that are out there, we have to be more conscious of them uh, and share them with each other. So I think what that's what I love about what Harry's doing with darkpatterns.org is like we can direct people there and see, okay, have I ever been affected by something like this? Is this something I perhaps even have built and not realized that I can hurt people doing it? Hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll make people feel bad about it. I mean, we've 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 covered many shows before the the um, the psychology side of um, optimization. Mm. We've interviewed some really smart, clever people who 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 know a lot about how the brain works and um, and and use that inf that knowledge to 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 do A/B testing or or optimized um, forms or checkout flows and so on. Um, and you know, I, I stumbled across one the other day when I was buying some some 
flights. And and it was one of those ones with a, a big green button saying, yes, I want insurance. Mm. And then the other button that said um, something like, um, no, I, I, I'm, I'm aware that my holiday might be ruined <laughs> if, if um, I don't take insurance, but I'll, I'm, I'm OK anyway. So, you know, they'd really piled mm. on the, um, you know, the psychology of that of that text. So, so the copywriter, so it wasn't just the UX. I mean, the copywriter was obviously involved with, with producing um, no, no text, but the, the no text was the yes text as such, because. It wasn't the green button that I wanted to click on. It was the it was the faded grey text with this long exactly. negative yeah. sentence, and, and and that's not good. It's not good, and you should stop doing it. Yeah. All of you, I, do, I I demand you all I mean, stop doing I mean, that crap. Any person looking at that will recognise that it's extremely unethical. But it's also very very difficult. I mean, if you have there's a whole list of of um, um, you know cognitive. Um, um, hindrances, I mean, if things that are, if, if you aren't quite able to read mm. properly, or you know you don't have a great grasp of some of these things, or a certain condition that stops you from being able to do that, um, then that is a really really complicated set of buttons to read. Oh no, you know, I, I realize it's, that. That's why it works. That's why it works. But I mean, if you look, throw it up on a on a slide deck and show people and, and look at this, is this an ethical design? No one will raise their hand and say it is ethical. Hmm. So we know. So so why why are they out there? Are these UXers? Are they people calling themselves UX? Can you call yourself a UXer? Is this, if this, if this oh, is what you do for a living? <laughs> I don't I don't I don't care whether we, we call ourselves UXers or not when it mm. comes to this. I mean this is this is this is business ethics, mm. um, and 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 we need to we need to help businesses stop doing this kind of stuff because it's mm. it's wrong. And what if you can't? <laughs> what if your boss says no? This is the way. It's just impossible. Oh, <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not impossible. You know, people aren't forcing you to do this stuff. Um, you know, we have to just get better at, at communicating why these things, or showing why it's not ethical to do this, or what what the long term result. Yeah, I like is. that. Exactly. Think long term and not short term, and show what happens in the long term when people keep mm. doing things like this. Well, um, please subscribe to the show if you um, don't already do so. Um, you can dip your toes into our back catalogue. This is the 150th episode, so there are absolutely dozens of episodes to um, to listen back to. Um, links to do with this show you'll find on uxpodcast.com or also in your podcast client. I think it's been nice talking to you today. I'd be, be happy to have spent some time with you. <laughs> Remember to keep moving. See you on the other side. Beep, beep.